I've had three months to come up with an intro. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> hey, know, we're back. You know, yeah, it's you know, it's fair. It's fair. I think the both of us just like. As soon as we ended the last episode of this podcast, is just like, all right, now we can pack it away for a second yes. along with everything else. Yes. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to worry about this every week. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love it. But yeah, also, absolutely. it's like constantly <laughs> thinking of what to talk about next. Well, also, and just like, like with all of the things of like moving and all of that and just like. Yeah. It was definitely, like, I honestly feel like I packed away all of my projects like I did all of my items. Like, yeah. I love how I called my things items, apparently, because I live in a fucking video game. Uh-huh. Jupiter, if you were killed in a video game, what would, like, your item drop be? <laughs> I was, you know, I was really trying to swerve for a completely different bit, uh, but I'm glad we landed here. <laughs> Uh, so my, uh, if I died in a video game, like, like such a hedgehog getting attacked by a robot crab, yeah. uh, what would I drop scattered all over the floor? Yep. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest right now. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the first thing that came to my mind, my, my truth is that, uh, my inventory would, would have just been completely full of outfits <laughs> And just in your pockets. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you know, video game inventory. Uh, And uh, when I die, all of the clothes just fly out. Uh, That's good. Do they do uh, different poses in the air as if like they were filled up (laughs) by invisible Jupiters? Right. Well, yeah, because because, you know, because it's a video game. So uh, they uh, when they're not like being worn on me, they just have like a a standard pose that they're in, and then they drop on the ground and rotate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes, absolutely, each one is doing a different little pose. That's very good. You know what I would drop in a video game if I was killed? I would love to know. A DS copy of SpongeBob drawn to life. Welcome to Enchanting Aspects. My name is Amy. <laughs> My name is Jupiter. Um, so we're back after three months um i know we said we'd back be be back earlier but who cares if you yeah whatever if you're you're like wow (laughs) time is is fucking fake time isn't real if you're like hey amy why do you sound like really sad i'm not sad i work at a place now where i have to yell a lot because i i'm the bingo master and i have to yell and i'm very happy let's do quick life updates how about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fun. Why not? Um, I guess I'll go first. I moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan with the love of my life, Joe. If you uh heard our first and only guest episode, that's Joe. <laughs> um Yeah. We live together now and um it's been awesome, but it's also the first time I'm living on my own. So I needed a long break um to figure out how to do that. And it's great. Um and I'm buying so much furniture off of Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Jupiter knows exactly what I'm fucking talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also work a full-time job now. Um, and so it's harder to do creative things, but I'm I'm fighting it. I'm trying to stay creative and still have a full-time job. 
Yeah, I, hey, hey, Amy, our yeah. situations have so reversed. Oh my gosh, they have. It's wild. I was like very much 100% in your position a year ago. Yeah. Um, wild. Uh, yeah, uh, well, well, life update for Jupiter. Uh, what's up? So I uh, moved to an unspecified location somewhere <laughs> off the coast of Miami. <laughs> no, 647 no, no. a.m. Yeah, uh, my coordinates are ple- <laughs> negative 641.68. 69, 69, 69. 69, 69, 69. Is that a real uh, location? I mean, presumably, cord- a bit, for sure, coordinates will include the number 69 for sure, because that's how it. numbers work. You keep talking about your new life. I'm going to check 69, 69, 69 latitude, longitude. Okay, I uh, encourage it. Uh, so, yeah, moved into uh, this apartment uh, with my uh, very close friend, Thea, uh, who I do Raccoon City Wednesdays with over on my streams, uh, uh, Resident Evil stream series. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's just been like so lovely here uh, uh, to a to a like a dramatic degree. Like it feels like like a dunk tank, except that if, if instead of me getting dunked into a bunch of water, I was dunked into a mattress full of a bunch of fluffy pillows yeah uh like this truly has been like a a dramatic life improvement for me um uh yeah so i've i've been doing a lot of cooking and a decent amount of baking uh and it's been so so good for me uh yeah cooking is really fun i'm learning but also it's like my mom always cooked for me and I thought it was easy because she always made really good food and she was good at it. And then I was like, I'm going to do it has to be easy. Right. And like, <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, gosh. I've uh, messed yeah. up so many meals. <laughs> oh, also 6969 is in Russia. Oh, interesting. Cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, c- cooking is like. It's not easy when you first start it and then you start to get, like, a feel for it of, like, you know, okay, so this is this kind of meal. This is the kind of preparation that I can expect to be doing. Um, Yeah. uh, I keep on making the mistake of buying ingredients without looking at how many of the ingredient I need. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So I'll get, like, one tiny bag of like mushrooms or something and then the mm-hmm. recipe calls for like four cups of it oh my god it's fun i love it and i keep yeah. on making the same mistake over again and that's <laughs> that's cooking baby that's fucking cooking i yeah i i i'm finding like a lot of success in cooking here uh, uh although our stovetop runs so hot it's ridiculous yeah ours is too um yeah but uh uh, but, like, also, I have, like, a lot of, like, foundational skills and hanging around with my parents and my uncle who, uh, you know, uh, cook a decent amount. My sh- my uncle is, uh, like, an actual, like, professional chef. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just 
like spent a lot of time in the kitchen as a kid, not necessarily cooking, but just like absorbing a lot of information about cooking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also I just love cooking shows a lot. So uh, I've, I've sort of internalized a lot of information that, uh, and like practice a lot of stuff helping my parents that like it it's been like fairly easy, so it's it's been great. It's been so good making all this stuff. I'm I genuinely I'm getting hungry now, so we should probably stop talking. <laughs> um, enchanting aspects is a is a podcast um that is about enchanting your aspects and appreciating <laughs> the little details in art. Yes, I feel absolutely. like I'm gonna I'm gonna go more in depth explaining that just because it's been a long hiatus and maybe we yeah, have new fair. listeners or something. But hey, basically we each talk about a thing, but only a part of a thing that's from something that's like art. That can be a music video, it can be a movie, a book, a video game, shit like that, and we talk mm-hmm. about it and we appreciate it and we analyze it. And yeah. uh, this week is Jupiter's turn to start. Yeah, it's my turn to start. Now, I am hearing some birds. Yeah, there's a lot of birds in Bur- in Birdville, Michigan. <laughs> this this episode are we have a, you know, we uh, we had our first guest episode which was Joe and our second guest episode is this one featuring birds. Yeah. Every episode from here on out is going to have some birds, so it's just, you know, it's just the ambience. Yeah, I mean, just sort of, like, imagine this podcast sort of taking place, uh, like, during a picnic. Yeah. Uh, and I think and I think that will really help you out here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, my thing this week, oh, I'm so excited, my thing is... Uh, in honor of the new apartment, I want to talk about someone who also got a new apartment. Uh, and I am going to be talking about the smartest character in the entire show, Joshua Gillespie from the Magnus Archives. Okay, so is the Magnus Archives that horror podcast yes it is it is a horror podcast okay uh yes i have listened i think i've listened to the first six episodes and then i it was it it just i didn't vibe with it because i usually listen to podcasts before i go to sleep and i was like Mm -hmm. i don't want to fall asleep to this actually (laughs) yeah that's a hundred percent fair it's a hundred percent fair I uh, I like having it. I've been re-listening to it starting today, honestly, because I was thinking about what to do for the show. But I've been wanting to for a while anyway, because I never listened to the final season uh, and want to, like, re-listen and catch up. It's actually very uh, interesting re-listening to the show. Uh, you, you sort of connect a lot of pieces. But uh-huh. you will have, you will, you know Joshua Gillespie then, though. I do? Yes, because Joshua Gillespie appears in the second episode <gasps> of the show. Is Joshua Gillespie the one where they Don't give spoil him a... It. Okay, I won't spoil it, but they give him a but, box. But, yes, correct. Absolutely. Okay. That is That's 100% all... the one. Okay. Okay, then I... Wow, I know him. Cool. You know. You know him. So, uh, there's... 
This whole episode is great. This is a great episode. I gotta be real. There are, like, whether or not certain Magnus Archives episodes are affecting to you is very dependent on what you're afraid of, of re- in real life. Yeah. So re-listening, there's a lot of episodes I'm just like, and even on first listen, it's just like, all right, well, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I get it, but, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, be- but, like, then I talk to other people about it, and it's like, oh, no, that episode scared the shit out of me. You know, so, you know, your mileage will 100% vary. But I feel like the general accepted vibe is that this episode is very good. Uh, and how could it not be for featuring the smartest character in the entire show, Joshua Gillespie? So, uh... <laughs> So as Amy said, this episode, uh, the format of the Magnus Archives, uh, uh, at least for the first large chunk of it, uh, is uh, that it is going through the archives of a fictional organization called the Magnus Institute that uh, sort of researches and documents supernatural things uh, and... It's, you know, very X-Files-y sort of thing, but if they never left uh, their office ever. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so the idea is that this guy, Jonathan Sims, is uh, reading out statements that people gave to him, or not him specifically, the, the Institute as a whole. Uh, and these are things that have, like, you know, didn't turn up any information, so they just get thrown into the archives. Um, and he's just going over them and, and organizing them. Uh, and this is a story uh, that comes through the archives of Joshua Gillespie's wooden casket, like Amy said. Yeah. What's so, in the box? It's what's in the box. Uh, the show does answer that question eventually, but honestly, I think the mystery of it is way better than the answer. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, the answer's cool, but honestly, okay, I'm going to get into a Magnus Archives opinion for a second here. And this is just horror in general. The more you explain it, the less scary it becomes. Mm. And... That's just, like, a general rule of horror, uh, and I find it to be very true. Uh, And I don't think that the Magnus Archives ever, like... I haven't listened to the final season, but I don't think that it ever, like, hits a low point or gets bad. But there is a point where it starts to explain itself a little too much and sort of switches genre a little bit uh, for me. Um uh, no spoilers, but people who have listened to all the whole, to the whole show likely have a general idea of what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, so uh, this is uh the story of Joshua Gillespie, uh, who is just she's just some guy. The wiki I I wanted to know if he ever gets brought up in the show again. No, he doesn't even have his own page on the Magnus Archives fandom wiki. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, it's literally just, like, the summary of the episode, and that's it. Um, so, uh, he's just some guy who was traveling to Amsterdam to party and get drunk and whatever. 
uh, and he like wandered away from his friends at some point. I'm just very quickly summarizing because I want to get to the important part. Uh huh. This is future Amy. This is a spoiler warning. Jupiter ends up talking about the entirety of this episode of the Magnus Archives. So if you would rather listen to it, uh, go do that before <laughs> listening to Jupiter's part. Thank you. He meets this guy named John. He calls himself John, uh, who uh, offers uh, him 10,000 pounds to... Uh, uh, to like hold on to a package for him while he's you know and then someone will pick it up later or something he's very vague and it's obviously a bad idea but Joshua accepts the cash partially because you know the drugs and alcohol and partially just because it's 10,000 fucking pounds That's fucking 10,000 buccarinos yeah um so, uh, eventually regretting it, but couldn't find John to give back the money, didn't hear back for a year, uh, and eventually, after spending the money, finally, a knock arrives on Joshua's door, and there are these two guys, uh, who, uh, deliver this big package, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I shouldn't laugh at that. That is the most, like, I'm, that is the most, like, childish. I'm honestly amazed that I didn't think of it and you did. <laughs> anyway, a big box arrives for this dude, Joshua. Uh, and he, uh, and the dudes leave and he opens it up, uh, and it is a wooden coffin, which is pretty fucking weird. You might agree. Yeah. Uh, Why isn't it made of metal? Uh, well, uh, actual answer is that wooden coffins are actually theoretically better because they can actually decay, where metal coffins just become essentially, like, uh, pollution in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, but anyway, that's a different conversation. Uh, <laughs> that's the setup. Here's Here's the sort of, like, end of the setup to this episode is... So we learn a couple of rules about the coffin. One, uh, when he opens the box and discovers the coffin, it is padlocked and chained, but has the key inside of the padlock. Uh, and on the coffin is scratched the words, do not open. Now, Amy, I have a question for you. What do you do in this situation? Um... Well, I am certain a number of asshole coworkers would open it anyways <laughs> because they'd open anything that's in a fridge. Um, <laughs> but I personally, that's the thing, though, is mm -hmm. if if I was given money, I'd have the integrity and I wouldn't open it. However, if I didn't remember at all, anything and it said do not open i would i would i would peek it open i'd i'd give a peek okay interesting i i feel like i would like i don't have okay i i'm sort of like supernatural agnostic in that like okay well i do have one ghost experience actually from living here uh 
mm-hmm. in this apartment, but I do have a ghost experience. But, uh, but like, I, I, I don't know. I both don't necessarily believe in the supernatural and respect the possibility that it does exist. Mm-hmm. And so if I was in this situation, I feel like I would definitely be like, okay, I don't know what's in here. I don't know what the deal is, but like, I've got to respect the rules that have been stated here. I am not opening this fucking casket. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, if it was a casket shape, like I would, in my head, I was imagining just a box and I'd be like, yeah, I'd open a box, Mm -hmm. but now it's an actual casket shape. I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to just see a dead body. You know, right. Like at best, at best, you are seeing a dead body and that's not great. Like yeah. that's not great for anybody. Yeah. Actually, at uh, best, it would be like a really cool looking mummy and you could be like, that's pretty cool. And then you could I, close it. I guess at best it would be empty. But then why would it be? But then yeah, why no, that's actually delivered? worse. That's actually yeah. worse because if it was empty, then that means you just opened up some sort of chaotic energy into the world oh sure yeah i feel like yeah that's right like that's a total pandora's box situation that's right that's right which is like pandora that whole story is literally just don't open mysterious boxes yeah that's the whole point of that story i'd say that actually best case scenario you open it up and there's just a bunch of um kittens inside and they're all happy Oh, wait, no, Uh, that's a bad scenario again, because then if you didn't open it, then the cats would all die because they were being fed. So I I think the best scenario actually is one that that Joshua assumes in the episode, or at least, well, he knows it's fucked up, but he wants to make the assumption that it's just filled with drugs and this is drug smuggling. And I feel like that is actually the best case scenario, because like, then you open it and it's filled with drugs and just like, okay, this all makes sense. All right, anyway, close it up, lock it back up. Well, yep. s- like this is not my this is clearly not my business. Yeah. Um anyway. So, uh now we get to the best shit. So, uh he Joshua, he uh just sort of like shoves the coffin into the corner of his living room. Yeah. And he's like, right, yeah, okay, that's it. I not my problem. Uh, but, like, obviously, you know, creeping dread. It's kind of fucking weird to have a coffin delivered to your house. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel great about that. Um, and also, there's a couple of odd things about the coffin. Um, one, the box is warm, but the chain is cold. That makes sense. Metal's, metal is cold. Yeah, I, it's not. that's not the weirdest thing but it is weird that the box is warm and like consistently warm yeah um one of the other notable things is that um well joshua put a a glass of juice on top of the coffin once just sort of absent-mindedly and noticed some scratching from the bottom of the from from the like inside of the coffin in the place where the glass was. Theory. It was the Kool-Aid man, very weakened, and he was trying his really <laughs> hardest to just burst through and say, oh, yeah. He was just like, you must replenish my juice. I am so weak, I cannot bust through this coffin. 
<laughs> Why would anyone put the Kool-Aid man in a coffin? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um uh and then the other the other sort of weird creepy thing about it is that when it rains, it sort of moans. The coffin does. Mm-hmm. Like like a singing sort of moan. At so that point, of- I would get help. That, I don't think I would. I really? don't think that I would. I think that I would just ride this one out. Because, like, because here's the deal, right? What is the conversation that you expect to have having somebody walk into your apartment and say, Hey, can you come look at this singing coffin? I would say, hey, um, somebody gave me this package that said not to open, and I didn't open it because I'm a good, good pal. So, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, let me check out. Let me check out this package. Oh, it's a coffin in your living room. <laughs> like there is no scenario where that works out good for you. I'm That's sorry. That's true. You're right. It is coffin shaped. Why did he even? Okay, continue. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> right. So here's we look like we can all agree that his decision making process on getting involved in this in the first place questionable for sure. Yeah. But also we can all relate to making dumb decisions and then having to live with the consequences for a long time. You're uh, right. So you know let's 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 not turn our judgmental eye uh, uh, too far lest we turn it in on ourselves. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but, but, uh, what Joshua does next is fucking fantastic, right? So, uh, he starts to notice, uh, first off, nightmares. Feels pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But then developing sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I mean, that's a, that, you know, could be nothing on its own, except for, um, sleepwalking and then waking up moments before turning the key on the lock in your sleep. Yeah, that's a little messed up. It's a it's a little messed up. It's a little it's a little dangerous. Um, but then he just figures out a cheat for it. <laughs> I don't remember what the cheat is. So what he does is he's like, okay, well I. I'm sleep. I recognize the issue here. I am sleepwalking and grabbing the key. Uh, even if I hide it when I'm sleepwalking, I know where it is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a bowl. I'm going to fill it with water. I'm going to put the key into that water and put that into the freezer. Now, my sleepwalking brain knows where the key is, but when I go to reach for it in my sleep and touch the cold, I wake up Ah, and realize what I'm doing. That's a good plan idea. Yeah. I um, I forgot it, and I almost thought when you said that he was going to fill water up with a bowl and just put the key in it, I was imagining that prank where you put someone's hand in water <laughs> when they're asleep and they piss themselves. That's fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, what, here's my plan. I'm going to piss myself every morning. <laughs> <laughs> the pee will wake me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Uh. Yeah, so... And then he fucking survives. Yeah. Like, he survives because he came up with an incredibly smart trick to get away from this 
what feels like a centuries-old curse. Yeah. And how long was the box with him again? Uh, let me let me check the let me deep dive into the wiki. Because I'm pretty sure Eight, it was like months. Eighteen months. Holy shit! Eighteen that, months. Like almost two years. Like I don't think that's worth ten thousand dollars at that right. point. Right. Yeah. Also, the whole setup of this thing was that he got a new apartment, and I completely forgot to mention that as it connects. <laughs> he spent the money on the apartment. He spent the he spent the money on the apartment. He spent oh. the ten thousand pounds on getting a new apartment. That's yeah. what happened. That's and, yeah. Yeah, and then he moved out almost as soon as the coffin business was over. So yeah, he survives this encounter. Eventually, eighteen months later, the uh, the delivery guys come back. And, and with John, and John is just like, "Oh, you, you're alive. Oh, mm-hmm. mm, interesting." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the two delivery men collect the box, and John goes to look at the coffin, but uh, uh, but uh, Joshua stays in the kitchen and doesn't look at what's going on. You know, just in case they open it, because he spent his whole time trying to not open it. Yeah. To, like, you know, this is the sort of thing of, like, we're about to cross the finish line. Don't fall on your ass now. Yep. Um, And uh, the two men, the two delivery men in the box walk out, but John doesn't. So oh. s- sit on that. Listen uh, to the Magnus archives to find out more. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I believe I I believe all that is eventually resolved. But you know what? It all I honestly kind of wish that it wasn't because <laughs> I honestly here's the thing, right? Of all of the things in the Magnus archives, uh, me and Thea are both fans of it. We like of all of the things that we remember about the show after having listened to it, Joshua Gillespie is, like, number one, and he's in episode two. Oh, damn. Like, remembering him put, like, every fuck, every other person in this show who is giving a statement about a creepy thing happening in their home or whatever, they almost always, like, 99% of the time end up dying. <laughs> And uh-huh. in episode and in episode two, Joshua Gillespie successfully evaded a like cursed fucking casket for almost two years by yeah. putting a key in a bowl of water. Yeah, I love. I I like to think that the casket, whatever what was in it, was just so impressed. They're like, damn, you know, <laughs> fine. Yeah, all right, you got me. You fully got me. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. A plus, you passed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to write something on the coffin next time about this so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, like, uh, like, like, forget about water. <laughs> Bring hair dryer to ice or something. <laughs> Unplug your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it in the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that that is my thing. I think the the thing is Joshua Gillespie freezing the key, but uh, but yeah, I did just sort of tell you the whole episode. But it's fine. These episodes are like 20 minutes long, and there's yeah. like 100 plus episodes. And it's the second so. episode. It's the second fucking episode. Um, yeah, that's my thing. That's I, your uh, thing. That's my thing. 
Um, me. Amy. Uh, my thing is y- a yeah? thing. Uh huh. It's a ten-year anniversary of a thing. Oh, interesting. Um, an, an anniversary. It's an anniversary of a thing that I wasn't. I didn't see it ten years ago. I saw it mm-hmm. one year ago, but then I just saw it again <laughs> this weekend. Um, Hell yeah! And that thing is, I'm gonna be talking about the transitions in the Scott Pilgrim movie. Oh, fun, fun! I would never have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Scott Pilgrim versus the World is a movie that was made 10 years ago in 2011, mm-hmm. um, starring a shit ton of like a lot of actors that are famous. Um, it is a movie that um, many, many, many parts of it did not age well. A lot of racism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, mm. Uh, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there's a lot of racist Asian jokes. Oof. Yeah, it sucks. I, and, might, and might I add, a doofa. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and that's that's basically the worst part of it. Also, they like say a couple bad slurs in it. Um, but aside from Bye. that, it's a very... Bye funny movie um uh-huh. and it's the number one thing that captivated me about this movie that i saw a year ago was holy shit the editing and transitions in this movie are mm-hmm. spectacular they are so creative and funny and hoof the the i'm not gonna explain the plot of the movie um because it doesn't really matter but what matters is that the scott pilgrim versus the world is based off of comic books Specifically, it's based off of the entire story of a series of comic books. They take every single book and they combine it into one movie. It's a lot yeah. of information. Yeah, like, uh, like, well, like the uh, the series of unfortunate events movie sort of does a very similar thing. Yeah, they, I think they combine the first three books into yeah. the one movie. Yeah. Yeah, they combine the first three books into one movie and then treat the ending of the first book like the ending of the movie, even yeah. though the events of the two, the other two books also happen in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just sort of treat it as resolved after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad movie, but it's also weird. I am going to interject that that movie made me so afraid of the potential of living on a house on a cliff. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. 100%. 100%. Also, uh, uh, shout out to Joy for also making me remember this uh, for sure. But I love the the commercial for it, the trailer for it when it came out, which I saw all the time as a kid, which featured a part where the narrator introduces is like introducing the actors uh, and he's like, Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey. Uh, and then someone goes, and then the unthinkable happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that. I do not remember it. I'm going to have to like find that trailer and watch the whole thing again because m- yes. I'm going to be real. I mostly remember that part. Like, A, I remember when it happened because it's the most memorable part of the trailer. But also... 
Joy says it all the time, and it has become <laughs> stuck in my brain because of that. Yeah, you need that release. You need to open the casket. And yeah, watch I'm the gonna trailer. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to a to the list of movies that that me and Thea are watching. <laughs> okay. Um. So, anyways, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is I think it's eight books long, eight or seven. Um, and the whole movie punches all of those books into one and i'm saying that and emphasizing it because there's a whole lot of information and they need to speed through so many scenes at once that the transitions take advantage of that by literally match cutting shots all the time Mm -hmm. um basically what match cutting is (laughs) i found out what this word was today um (laughs) i want to be a director um, match cutting is basically when you have a shot of something and you cut to another scene, but you have the biggest visual in the scene stay exactly the same. For example, mm-hmm. there are scenes where um, characters will be walking at, like through a store with their head like in the center walking and then immediately their head is still in the center walking, but they're in a different place at a different time. Um, so Scott Pilgrim does this a lot um, to make time pass really fast because there are so many different things and events that need to happen. But there are... Right. Yeah. There are a lot of different um, just hilarious and creative ways that they do this. One way that they do this is... Because it's based off of a comic, they're like chapter titles and stuff, but some of the chapter titles are just like funny little comments. Um, For example, there's a scene where one character, I think Scott, says, that's impossible. And immediately it just cuts to a, um, the sentence, actually no, um, on the screen showing the the impossible happening. I... I do genuinely love uh, uh, when, like, you know, the quote-unquote narrator or whatever, or the framing device of a of a thing treats the characters in the thing as if they're assholes. Yes, <laughs> it is, and like using their words against them and stuff, which is also yeah. something that um, one of my favorite ones is another. It's another word one. Where basically um, Scott asks out somebody on a date and he says, so yeah, eight o'clock. And then um, it immediately cuts to the night sky and in the sky it says, so yeah, so you know that it's eight (laughs) o'clock. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. There's also um, there's also funny little uh, the preparation of shots where something I've studied in storyboarding is like whenever you're boarding something, you always want to leave space for things that are going to come into the shot. Like mm-hmm. if if you are going to raise your hands up, then you usually leave space above the head in the shot to show the hands moving up instead of having to like move the full camera. And so there's this one shot where uh, Scott wakes up from a nightmare and gets in like he jumps out of bed standing up, but because he's living with his uh, roommate who also has a boyfriend and they're also sharing one bed, the shot like 
has a lot of space and he's like, whoa, I had a nightmare. And then his roommate gets up in the little space and says, what was it about? And then the roommate's boyfriend comes up in the leftover space. And it's just perfect use of the uh, d- shot devices and funny joke. Um, yeah. Also, I basically before I saw the movie like three days ago, but I forgot all, what, what all the cuts were. So I basically just watched a YouTube video and tried to like look through on Netflix to see what the cuts were. And yeah. this one YouTube video, it was literally like five minutes of the movie, like not switched around at all. It was just five minutes taken directly from the movie. And all of it has like some of the best transitions and cuts in the movie. Oh, shit. Um, And I'll, I'll explain one of the scenes now without giving too much away. But basically, Scott um is very aloof at times and stuff. And... Mm. There is a scene where he is walking with his girlfriend and he looks over and sees his, this beautiful girl, um, Ramona, for the first time. And he is like totally shocked how beautiful and cool looking she is. And while this is happening, like this rock music is playing with like this guitar riff and the shot slowly zooms in on Scott's head. And the music then stops to only just this one note playing over and over again. And immediately, like, you wouldn't even notice it. But his head is in the same shot. It's another match cut. And now he's at rehearsal. And he hears his friend scream, And that one note that you were hearing over and over again was him playing on the bass over and over again. Because he was, like, totally thinking about the girl, even though it's been hours later. Yeah. And then even better, um, that that shot goes to another scene immediately where um, Scott says something like, Sorry, what are we doing? And he turns his head and they're already like walking out at night on a concert. And his friend says, I told you 50 times. And he's explaining, eh, it's just, oh, blah, blah, blah. I know this is hard to explain like visually, like, like no, words but, uh, yeah. to visual. Yeah, no, um, but, like, I, I totally get of, like, like, like this, like, whirlwind of events happening. I sort of remember yes. the movie a little bit. This, like, yeah. whirlwind of events happening where Scott is going from moment to moment to moment and is, like, lost completely in thought. Yes. Of, like, where he doesn't even notice things happening to him. Yeah. Uh, because he's, like, just thinking about this girl, Ramona, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, it's, like, visually represented by his him being, like, unbroken in the framing of yes. the shot, but the scenes around him uh, 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 switching wildly. Yeah. Because he's not paying attention. His moment is unbroken, thinking about the girl. Yes. But, like life is happening around him and he's not even noticing yeah time is passing and he's like totally not paying attention because he's so lost in thought and it's ah it's so uh awesome because it it it's like taking three birds with one stone it's like <laughs> one you you get to see scott's mental state like how he's thinking but also it solves the problem of hey how do we fit seven books in one movie like by just going yeah. scene to scene as fast as possible. And there are, I mean, there's most of the scenes they cut and they don't involve like tuning out of Neil, or not Neil, that's Neil. the actor's name, um, Scott 
being aloof. Like most of them are just like silly. Would you say? Would you say that uh, when uh, when he was playing the music in the movie that would you say that Neil was banging out the tunes? <laughs> I would say that Neil was banging out the tunes. His name is Neil, right? Who's the Who's the actor that plays Scott Pilgrim? Is it Neil or I is have- it Seal? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll check later. I don't think it. I don't think it's Neil. I'm looking it up. Neil Cis. No, that's Neil Cisariga. That's, that's it's not Neil Cisariga. <laughs> I can tell you right now. That's the only name that's showing up in my brain right now. You're you're thinking of Michael Sarah. Oh my god. Okay, so I took the were... Sarah and it, I changed it to Neil. Um, and switched so, it around. <laughs> so, okay, but like, uh, <laughs> Welcome like, to my twisted mind. Like, oh, Miles, wait, Michael Sarariga. Yeah, that's, that's what my brain did. Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. There's also, I mean, I've already said a bunch of funny ones. <laughs> One of my favorite ones, too, is... Um, Scott is having a fight scene with someone way more powerful than him and the his enemy punches him through like seven different walls to the point mm-hmm. where there's just like you know you can see the the hole through all seven walls and like from far away through all the holes you can see the enemy just floating there menacingly <laughs> and then the camera pans to the left a little bit to the door that's right next to the hole and immediately the enemy just opens the door and comes through <laughs> instead of floating through all the holes it was really funny um yeah, that's fun i'm I, that's all that, that those are all the examples i have there are so many other shots and like funny things if you haven't seen this movie i would really recommend it i know it doesn't age well and there's a lot of, a lot of problems with it but like it is if you're interested at all in like working in movies or comedy or anything, I would super recommend it because recommend it because I learned so much watching it. It like it was one of the first movies, even though I watched it last year, it was one of the first movies that I was like, wow, there are so many rules that you can break in movies. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. you can have fun. I, I think that like that is something that like because this is an edgar wright movie mm-hmm. uh and I, and I feel like that is something that is like very common with uh edgar wright movies and i also i feel like i feel like I, the contra, I, I don't know what kind of opinion this is but i think that uh james gunn is just the american edgar wright who's james the, gunn uh guardians of the galaxy scooby-doo live action movies oh, okay okay um uh, they're the same man, as far as I'm concerned. Their work is identical. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, uh, but like Edgar Wright is like very much known for having like for making very like clever movies with a mm-hmm. lot of like very interesting visual storytelling. Uh, but maybe not being um the strongest storyteller to ever uh-huh. exist. Yeah. Like, the uh, actual yeah. story itself of Scott Pilgrim, like, it's not that heart-wrenching, or it doesn't tell, like, that meaningful of a moral. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's spoiler, Scott cheats on his girlfriend, and that's, like, 
like the end of the movie is basically just like it doesn't have a, a, a true like lesson learned sort of feeling or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, I don't yeah. know. Like the movie was super entertaining and I recommended it, but like the actual story itself was fine. But the right. movie was, but the like the visuals and all the jokes were so good that it didn't. I didn't really care about the story. Like I, I was. Yeah. It was fine. Like yeah. I didn't need the story. I, I feel like Edgar, like Edgar Wright's movies, like tend to have like like very entertaining performances and like the editing and the then all of that is like super super good. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I a hundred percent. Like I feel like that's sort of like same deal with like Shaun of the Dead and shit, which is also Edgar Wright. Oh, it is uh, okay. I've, I've still never seen yeah. that movie. I need to. Add it it's, to the list. you know what? It's uh, from what I last remember of it. It is good. Okay. Hot Fuzz probably aged worse than it did. Also, haven't seen that. You know what? It's probably fine. I think this is like the only Edgar Wright movie I've ever seen, probably, and that's why I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I have seen a lot of Edgar Wright movies because I uh, do have a dad who is his entire 100% exact market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, which is why I think that he, him and James Gunn are the exact same person, because... Mm-hmm. My dad likes them both exactly the same for exactly the same reasons. Yeah. Um, oh, I will say that, like, even though the story wasn't that impactful, there were definitely a lot of scenes that, like, gave me a chill down my spine just because of how good they were. Um, specifically, Envy and, like, scenes with her, like, basically, okay, I should explain that Envy is one of Scott's ex-girlfriends and there's like a mm-hmm. lot of like heartbreak and tension between them and like the one of the scenes that she's in is just her singing and um it's oh it's hot because she's hot um and also uh-huh another thing i forgot to mention is that because this movie is based off comic books there's a lot of scenes where they um split the the camera to two different people or more than one people like like a like a comic um yeah they, for sure and they do that during that scene, and it's like flashing between characters, and it's really cool, and it gave me shivers. Um, I want to be a fucking. I want to make movies. Is the thing is that this is what this is one of these movies that makes me be like, oh, I want to make movies. Oh my gosh, which reminds me, I'm I'm go- I'm I'm uh, I'm having fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um this reminds me when me and joe finished watching the movie um immediately when we uh got back to our apartment um joe was like damn i really i have that one bass song that they play in my head i'm like i have it too and then i was like let's play it because joe has a bass guitar and i have and he has a piano so we literally brought out his bass guitar and i turned on the piano and we tuned it and we just jammed out together trying to play that song and it was so fun that rules hell yeah hell yeah it was awesome i'd say the more well first i want to say i love when shit is so good that it makes you want to make your own stuff and that's one of the yeah it's inspirational i i would i would just say that like yeah like 
Magnus Archives also, in uh, I think, has very much helped inspire me into wanting to get into making my own horror as well. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, we we could call it. We could we could tie that together. Sure. <laughs> well, uh, that brings me to the moral of the story, which is, um, some rules are meant to be broken, aka you know cinematic rules of pacing and stuff. Do whatever the fuck you want. If it's funny, if it works, do it. Mm-hmm. But also, some rules shouldn't be broken. Maybe if a box says "Don't open it," don't open it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. I like that. I do like that. Yeah. And it's up to your discretion which rules to break and which ones you don't break. <laughs> yeah. You can only do your best. Um, thank you for listening to Enchanting Aspects. We have a Twitter at Enchanting Pod. Um, we certainly do. We certainly do. It's been dead uh, up until probably now. Um, we have an email. I like, I like how you say probably. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, we're not managing it. Um, we have an email if you want to fucking email us. I checked if we had any reviews since three months ago, and we don't. So hey, um, if you want to give us a review on iTunes, we'd really, really, really appreciate it. Even if you listen on Spotify, if you happen to have an iTunes account, please, please, uh, write a review. It. It really helps the podcast. And if you don't have an iTunes account or you're just like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to do that. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. Tell tell them we're alive again so they they can listen. Um, also, I think we, we should plug our own stuff just because it's been a while again, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. I've got two other. Po- I do a lot of stuff on the Internet. I've got two other podcasts, uh, Deck of Friendship and Artificial Ghost Radio. To be honest. You might already know about those. Uh, uh, do, you, do you know about the streams? You might know about those too. But uh, uh, <laughs> maybe one of the worst promos I've ever given in my life. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, I, I stream on Twitch uh, and I am uh, streaming on Twitch. It's my full time job now. Uh, and uh, the like, you know, the donations and attendance and subscriptions and all that. Is how I pay my bills and buy food. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I very much uh, uh, appreciate anybody hanging over there. It's a it's a really like uh, I have like so much fun streaming. Uh, like it is genuinely one of my favorite things to do. Uh, uh, that uh, is like a lot a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, What's your also, Twitter? You're so, you. You're so fucking scary in that moment. <laughs> I didn't mean to be scary. What's your fucking Twitter? <laughs> What's your fucking Twitter? I'm sorry. Is this promo going too long? Do I have too many things for you, Amy? Yes. Yes. That's fair. That's fair and valid. <laughs> and I respect you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter if you want. Whatevs. What is it? Uh, at, well, I didn't even say the name of my fucking Twitch account. So, oh, you did so, it? No. <laughs> yeah, what's your, uh, what's your Twitch account name? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash hellprincessjupiter or just by typing hellprincess.net into your search bar. Okay. Um, Sorry. Uh, and, and then you can find me on Twitter as Amy is so insistent. On making sure that I say. 
You can find me on Twitter at Jupiter from Hell. Thank God. Now they know. Oh. Now you know. Um, and knowing is half the battle. My um my Twitter is at Pixelamart. I draw. Um, love yourself. Believe in yourself. Hasta la pizza. Hasta la pizza. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. This is case 69 of the Magic Archives. Fuck, I said Magic Archives. <laughs> um, I don't remember if the show was British, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, this, in this, in this case 69, we read about a, uh, uh, story about a man named Scott Pilgrim who had to um, fight seven exes to get uh, to date a a girl and it's fucked up and some people die that's it see you next week